and good evening Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter Live, and all our other streaming channels. Thursday night, <clears throat> nine o'clock. As usual, we have our Crown Rules uh, virtual book discussion uh, show chat. Uh, however you guys like to call it. Just a program note, next Thursday, we will not have a show for Crown Rules. Uh, next next Thursday's show would actually be next Wednesday's show because we're doing an NFL draft special show next Thursday. That's just a program note, and I'll remind everybody at the end of the show. And um, it's Thursday, and we're doing, this week, is we're going Standards Part 2. Good evening, Julia. Good evening, Quentin. How are you tonight? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's, it's a very interesting week. Uh, a lot of emotion. Um, highs, lows, peaks, valleys. Uh, try not to get too caught up in it and not be uh, and just sit back and just watch the tape play, uh, as they would say. Um, you know, but uh, very excited for tonight to discuss um aspect of standards that a lot of us um we missed a mark and what i mean by we missed a mark is sometimes we shouldn't always have to learn after we stub our toe sometimes we know the edge of the bed is hanging out that bed frame is hanging out you shouldn't always have to stub your toe and many times um in our community because you focused your books with dealing with uh, the black community. Many times in our community, it's always trial by error or I messed up, now let me fix it. Instead of just saying, you know, a lot of different, you know, for lack of better words, a lot of different people have figured it out before they get the answers to the test prior. And it's unfortunate that um, a lot of us usually fail the test two, three, four, five, six, seven times before we really start to assess how we look at ourselves, how we have a relationship with ourselves, as well as um, how we, we can have relationships outside of ourselves with family, with the significant other. So I find that in reading uh, standards to part two of what you wanted to discuss tonight, that um, it's a lot of questions that we don't ask I mean, a lot of the um, the book is like, and, and I always have to discuss it because we sometimes don't realize that it's about self when you trying to change a behavior because you can't change nobody else. The only person that you can change is yourself and looking at and how you process information and process situations and then how you choose to deal with it or not deal with it or to grow from it or not grow from it. So I find that this chapter was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> last week, to your point about stubbing our toes, last week we talked about like not having to say ouch before we say no more. Um, and so that part of this chapter is chapter four in the book that part of this chapter is really about exploring what our past experiences have been or could have been or for for people who are just starting their dating journey to understand what some of the challenges can be 
when you have not first established your standards or the person that you're interacting with hasn't established their standards either. Um, one of the things that I like that you and I had talked about with respect to this chapter in general is that your standards are your guidelines or your principles or your expectations of yourself. And a lot of people will say they, they have these certain standards for other people, but you can't have a standard for someone else. You can have an expectation of someone else that they might share the same standards or have standards um, that they have created or adopted for themselves, but you can't you know, choose somebody based on your own standards. You, you know, you really may have expectations of them. And so what this aspect of um, the chapter does is it helps you to think about what your expectations are for someone else, but also how to evaluate what their standards may be. You think, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you think that, and when we did discuss this during the week, you think that's where a lot of us go wrong is that we confuse the word standards and expectations when it goes to someone else. We'll say, well, I have standards. I need her to, 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 to make six figures, minimum six figures a year. I need her to be self-motivated, educated. Um, she needs to have, a, you know, a master's degree. It's funny because I, it's funny because I never really hear a guy. I've never heard too many of my friends. I'll just say that say that they require um a lot when they say when they say when they say standards or what we we talked about this week with expectations you usually hear that um i've heard a lot of females say like you know he got to make you know high six figures and you know this that third he got to be driven got to have high credit score so forth so forth so you think that that's where a lot of us confuse ourselves because we have standards are for ourselves and expectations are for other people. Right. I think that's where we where we confuse ourselves. And I think that even though it hasn't been it hasn't been the conversation in our recent past, I think that now that people are becoming more aware or having more conversation about standards, that we will begin to hear men talking about what their expectations are for the, the women that they want to be in, involved with as well. You know, men have men have needs as well, which is what I talk about in this chapter. Men have needs as well, but men have not always expressed them. And I think that the, the, um, the way that we're interacting with each other, especially over this past year, I think that men have been more vocal about what their expectations are, what their experiences have been, what they don't want anymore, and what their expectations are going forward. But I think the the real critical part is understanding that your standards are something that you set for yourself and individual sets for themselves. And what you want to experience from someone else is an expectation because even if they say that that's, you know, even if you say that that's your standard for them, that $100,000, what if they lose their job? Yeah, yeah. That's Are you not going to be with them anymore because now they're not meeting that expectation? Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing, and because um, 
this is a, a virtual uh, book club. You have a question already. Okay. I'm going to put it up here by uh, Two Grumpy Men. Okay. Vision, purpose, intention, actions. I got the book. Vision, purpose, intention, actions relate to the inner self and doesn't require the input of the woman per se. So is the woman's contribution only in relation to the intimacy meter. So thank you for purchasing the book and for such a brilliant question. I appreciate it. Um, this, this section of the book that talks about the five key male principles, as I understand them, um, talks about vision, purpose, intention, action, and that intimacy meter. And yes, all of those things prior to the intimacy meter is about the man, the man's vision, the man's purpose, the man's intention, the man's actions. That's all about him. And when it comes to that intimacy meter, I talk about like the differences. Like, does a man is a man interested in a woman just as a sex partner? Or is he interested in her? Sometimes we have these these soulmate connections sometimes where you have a friendship, but there's also the possibility of intimacy, but it really can't go into that next stage of being a life partner. So I focus on that as well. And then I focus on marriage too. That's where the woman steps in. And you know, I think in our society, the way that we choose partners doesn't take into consideration those other factors. I would like to ask two grumpy men what he thought about that section. And He's got another question. Okay. He said, I guess what I'm getting at is the man still worthy of your blessing in union if he may not fit in with the business mindset, but are capable of supporting their goals for hands-on contribution. Absolutely. And I think that's up to, I think that's up to the woman. And so the the purpose of of these questions that there are questions outlined the, the the purpose of these questions is so that a woman can determine can determine a man's value for herself you have another question okay this is by king he said how about an elaborate conversation on the expectation of what is needed to fulfill an enjoyment of togetherness so absolutely, that's discussed as well. And um, as you as you look in the book and you read this chapter, one of the things that I outline is that if you're not aligned to a person, the time that you're spending together may not be enjoyable for the long run. You could, because you know we all initially when we start, you and I were talking about that earlier, Quentin. When you first meet somebody, everything is just it's, it's cloud nine. <laughs> It's cloud nine. It's cloud, it's cloud nine. <laughs> it's cloud nine. And we already know that, or we've already discussed that there are hormones in the body that make that person more attractive, make you want to be around them, make them make make them seem like they're an ideal partner until a little bit of time is passed and then you get to see the real person. You right. Spoke about, you spoke about that when you when it said oftentimes it said that men have two heads, but women have six. And you outlined the six. I outlined the six. <laughs> so <laughs> let me said, just you said, say you said your mind, 
Yes. You can you can say them. You know them. You no, know no. Them. Go ahead, read them. I love when you say them. Labia. <laughs> Labia. Majora. Labia Menora. Mm -hmm. The clitoris. Mm -hmm. Vagina. Mm -hmm. And G spot. Mm -hmm. So, because you said that these, because in your opinion you believe that these six heads for, for a woman, that she needs to be careful which one of these heads is activated. Because a lot of times the wrong head is activated, and then the endorphins, the pleasure, which is it's a pleasure drug. Um, that our brain releases to the to the body, they'll be on that cloud nine that we talk about, and then in reality, it may not be what they want or what they expected. But because the pleasure drug is being released, they've been leading with the wrong head. Then the confusion comes down the line, as you said, six months down the line, ninety to one hundred and eighty days. We, you know, we generally, when we have, good evening, Twain. Thank you for your comments, too, Grumpy Man. Generally, um, in, our, in our conversation about men, we say that men have two heads, right? Mm -hmm. And those, we, we know what we're referencing when we talk about that, but those are the, those are the two heads that are, that are stimulated for a man. And the level of stimulation that he receives in either of those heads can drive his choices. But men are different in the sense that if they are clear on what they want and what they don't, even if that other head is being stimulated, they still won't be driven to make a decision, to make a choice. You think that and comes from, you think, you think that it's because of the emotional differences that men and women have? It's the emotional differences that men and women have. Um, it has been said and proven, I think, through scientific and sociological study that men do not always view the sexual act as an emotional act. Mm. For women, I think because the man is entering into her, for women, that emotional connection is created, if not upon the first couple of sessions <laughs> at some point at some point that desire for connection and connectivity goes beyond the sexual act so women are emotional in that sense and then there's some people who say that there are some women who are not a, do not become emotionally connected to to their sex partner and I think in those instances, it's because she's cut her emotions off. Mm. But for women, it is proven that that that, that the act of sex um, can create that desire for relationship. Two grumpy men said the intimacy from the mind top head can supersede the bottom head. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should. It should. And that's why I raised this point. <laughs> it, it, it should. It should. But it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, for those in the chat, me and Julia had a discussion behind the scenes where we were, we were talking. And it's amazing how you, you meet somebody. Y'all exchange numbers. Y'all both, both attracted to each other. Y'all go out. 
couple of times. Y'all may decide to have sex, no matter what date it is or whatever. That's two grown people mutually agreed to whatever. And you may have chemistry, sexual chemistry, and it's all good. You may date, continue dating, going out, having fun for six, seven months. And um, he may, you know, a year or whatever, and then he may ask her hand in marriage and get married or whatever. And then they don't really know each other. And, uh, and Julia pointed out some questions in the book. And, and, and it's, you know, I used the example when we were having a conversation about, you know, you don't even know that person's blood type. Or that person don't know you. Most people don't even know their own blood type, but you don't know your mate's blood type. And it's amazing how, like I said in the opening, how we we give ourselves to people before we even get to know who they are. Um, go ahead, Julia. And it's it's um I, I really try to go into detail with that in this book because I think that that is the crux. I mean, you you I know that you're against the gender war, right? And I think that the, the gender war is rooted in the fact that people have entered into relationships without this understanding or clarity on who they're with and what that other person wants before they get into relationship. And so they get into relationship because of all of the emotion and the uh, emotional satisfaction, maybe even physical satisfaction but they can't maintain it. And the reason why they can't maintain it is because they weren't a match to begin with. Not on a psychological. Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't really connect. Beyond connected. Yeah, the bottom connected. head. <laughs> yeah, he, connected with, he connected with that head and she nine to the 10 collected with the clitoris, the vagina or the G spot. And not, and not the other things that are the head of her emotion. Um, and I and I just find it interesting um, to, what you covered in the book in this particular chapter because you start to assess situations and you, like you 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 pointed out and um, I do hate the gender war. I, it, it bothers me a lot. That's one of the things that I will definitely say I dislike to a passion. I hate that when men go through stuff they blame women, and vice versa when women go through stuff they blame men. I just think it's weird weird that you will blame a whole group of people, number one, for your decision, and number two, for somebody else's shortcomings. Because anybody can change. I mean, you make a mistake in a relationship in the past, that don't mean you may gonna make the same mistake in the future. Um, right. So I just find it interesting that, you know, you, 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 a person will go a year, two years, and be bitter at, a, at their ex or whatever. Let's just say their ex, because most people will say, that he's my ex. I wish he was dead, or she was dead, or whatever. whatever <laughs> God, but, I wish yeah, this is, they, they, go, they go. They go that far. Like they go that far. Then, then when they quote unquote forgive each other, they be like, "Uh, oh, you know, you meant a lot to me. You was my heart. Uh, or I always love you. You always was a piece of me in time and all this crazy stuff. But you just hated him yesterday. So this just shows. <laughs> it just shows the the um. It shows the, the the sad thing that we are, that we're either up or down. We're either real up or down and just not having a middle, a balance. Be like, you know what? That was an ex. And um, it was good during the time of my life when it was an ex. And we moved on. And I wish her or him the best and, and, and be happy. So I said, you know, 
do you really know the person though? Do you, do you really know the person? Do you really know the psyche of that other individual? Like what makes them tick? Like what what are their um and me and you discussed it earlier this week, like what is what is a person's insecurities? If you if you're dealing with somebody and you um I'll just say you allowed them to see your ugly face. You allowed them to see your ugly face, but you don't know their insecurities. Like exactly. Exactly. And so and and but also, but also, you know, to, to the point that you made earlier about, you know, the the anger between men and women, I think a lot of that is just rooted in hurt that people people know that they may have made wrong decisions, but they don't know where they may have gone wrong, especially because sometimes even when it's not a good match, we still go forward, we still make promises, we still make commitments, and then we don't hold up to what we've said. So there's a lot of disappointment. And so this, this section, like the purpose of it is, okay, if you're making a decision, because like, don't forget, we're on our way. This book is a journey to our throne. We're on the way to the throne. And so if you have experienced a failed relationship, or even if you are in a relationship and you're happy in that relationship, but you want to take it to another level, you want to get a little bit deeper, this section will help you to ask those questions that'll help you to get to know that person on a deeper level, on a spiritual level, on an intellectual level. Because a lot of times, like you said, Quentin, we don't have those conversations. And so the questions are here. And the questions are here, you know, like not just for you to ask someone else. I, you know, I, I put a little trickery in there. The questions are there so that you can ask those questions of yourself. You should have those own answers, I believe, for yourself before you start to figure out what's going on with someone else. So the questions are there are there too. I have a question from Nicole, but it, it may be directed. I probably can answer it. Okay. Discuss this question in detail. She said, I have seen that many guys seem to shut down when they are asked basic questions. They act like they are being interrogated or something when you are just trying to get to to get to know them. I think that I think that Nicole's question is true in an aspect. I think that a lot of a lot of guys, when you ask them questions, men are very um, as we say, um, listen to what we're not saying instead of listen to what we're saying. If a guy if a guy is showing you um, an interest. He's not really going to do a lot of talking. He's going to do a lot of action. If he's showing you, you know, what you mean to him or whatever, either by acts, calling, texting, going out. So it's like a hidden language that he's trying to tell you. When you when you start to when he if he starts to unveil some other aspect of himself, good. I I believe that um, in when it comes to that, and I know it may seem crazy. For, for me to say this and women hear me say this, but I believe that a woman should just let him speak. I agree. Just, just, just be hands off a little bit. Don't, don't push. Because don't push. He, a lot, a lot of men, it's not that they trying to hide anything. It's just who they are. A lot of men's makeup. We have the, 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 the rough exterior and we're not going to share a lot of things with a lot of people in general. Just allow us to talk. 
Because eventually a person going to keep talking to you. They're going to tell you some stuff, good and bad, about themselves that you may or may like. So I think that we should just, uh, I would advise them uh, for women in that situation, just let a man talk to you. Just let him talk. Eventually he's going to tell you. From a from a woman's perspective, some of some of the things that I have that I have observed is that when a man is ready to have conversation on those deep questions, he will expose a level of vulnerability to you first. Sometimes I think we as women are so really concerned about our time. We don't want to waste our time. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what's going on now, not yesterday, <laughs> you know? And so we can be a little assertive in terms of, you know, wanting to know who this person is, what their background is, what they've had planned for the future, all these other kinds of things. And sometimes we do that upon the second or third meeting. I think that from what I observed, a man has to feel relaxed and comfortable with a woman. And sometimes it's okay for us to allow that man to be vulnerable and to initiate that conversation with us. And then that will be the time that we can ask the additional questions that we want to. Sometimes, you know, just as much as women don't want to feel trapped by the wrong person and the ladies out there who are watching know what I mean. If it's the wrong person and they're coming too hard, it's like, mm, nah, that I'm good. You know, like you're doing too much. And men feel that way, too. It's like, I just wanted to take you out for a date. I don't want to talk about us getting married in two years. You know, so <laughs> we have to yeah. respect that that space and be sensitive to when that vulnerability is happening so that we can we can maximize it and, and use that time to ask those questions. You have you have another question. Um, Nicole Nicole said before I get to the other question. Nicole said, "But if you don't ask, then somewhere down the line you get you never ask me that." I think I think Nicole um, and, and and to to really answer your question, I think that sometimes we have fear, and what I mean by fear is, like like Julia just said, fear for a woman, fear of wasting her time. So you can't expect a man to be vulnerable because one of the things, unfortunately, in, in our culture, um, vulnerability sometimes gets used as a weapon. Mm. So a person is not going to be real vulnerable and transparent in the beginning. He, it may take a person six months, it may take a person a year. Some people take them a lifetime to really, really let their guard down and be totally transparent and totally vulnerable out of fear of that vulnerability being used as a weapon against them. Because we get real, you know, when we go through the breakup, the breakup is real painful and mm -hmm. it's hurtful. And we, turn, we tend to take how we feel and lash out towards that person that made us feel the way we feel. I also think that what one of the things that we're very that that we have to our advantage is like in Crown Rules 2, um, King, How Black Men Love. There are a series of questions there. Those are good conversation starters. There are a series of questions in this book from pages um, 75 up until 80. There are also plenty of games for conversation starters. So maybe you and your partner can have a game night 
where you, you know, pull out those cards and start having those conversations so that you can ask those questions. I think if you are if you are involved with somebody when the time is right, when the time is right, because timing is important too. when the time is right. You know, if you if you uh, sense that it's a good opportunity to start asking the questions that you want to ask, you set the, the scenario for that or they're ready to do that and they don't want to answer those questions. One of the things that I advise in the book is that this may not be a person who has good intentions for you. Mm. There's people like to talk about themselves. They like to talk about the experiences. They like to talk about things that they plan to do. If you find somebody who is not willing to communicate on that level, then they don't have intentions to be with you like that. That's just my my position and based on what I've seen. So, so let me ask you before I ask, ask, ask you this question for two grumpy men, right? Let me okay. Second date, third date, you pull out your notebook with your series of questions. I mean, you know, I, it, it sounds humorous, um, and I smile when I brought it up. But how many of us do that? How many of us really sit back and say, "Let me ask you a couple questions." Let me ask you questions. What you know, and and it's basic stuff. Basic, like you know. But you have to be around. See, see, my thing is. Not saying the questions would be a problem, but I would think for the individuals that's dating, like you said, you're giving the template for the woman, for the man in this book. So we don't want to go too far into mixing crown rules two and crown rules one. But I would think that you have to be around them to experience how they how they handle yes. things, how they talk. Yes. Like my brother said in the chat, their tone. How they do, how do people deal with road rage? I'm just just thought about that because some of us go crazy over road rage. Some of us, somebody could cut you off driving, you'd be like, you know what? Have a blessed day. Just keep it pushing. Don't even worry about. It. But some of us get road rage, reach for the strap, go chase the person down, and you might be like, you might be sitting in the passenger side like, what? It's a nut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dealing with a complete nut that's gonna put me in danger because. For example, I was in a situation and I I am a certain way. I'm laid back, you know, but you can be around volatile people where everything just make them tick. And you'd be like, yo, they put me in harm's way. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do, do something quietly. You know, so we need to live. live so I, to say. I think I think too. I think, too, everybody just needs to take a deep breath and chill because there is so much pressure put on to relationships and coupling up and dating, so much pressure. And, you know, you, you were talking about the vetting process before, and it's like people, people want to know who they got to cut off on the first date. And it's like, Whatever happened to just getting to know a person, like you said, the the more time you spend with them, like become friends first. If that if it makes sense and it feels good, become friends, have conversations, um, be around the person. And then when you're around the person and you can sense when it's a good time to ask those questions, then you can ask those questions. But it's just like, you know, 
a relationship is not like shopping on Amazon. You can't go into, you know, what you're looking for, find the color, find the size and just like keep it in your cart until you decide you want it. Like these are people. So, you know, respect <laughs> that, you know, the person has to have an opportunity to, to decide how they feel about you as well. Just like chill. Yeah, I've seen, I seen a situation like that where, um, you know, sometimes people just be so much in a rush and it's like, yo, relax. Like, you know, I, and, and it goes back to what you said, you know, find out for the, for the, for the queen who's back on her journey to uh, establish her throne. She needs to find out what he has intentions for her. And that's one of the biggest issues because he could, he could, he could think that she could be the one and she could play herself out. Of, as we would say back in the day, she could play herself straight out of position of being the one. By being crazy. But, but <laughs> and, and then vice versa. He could just be and like, volatile. Yeah, yeah, he could, he, could, he could just be a guy just that just want to have sex with her. But she could be thinking that, you know, I'm the one for him. And, mm. But she can find out, like you said, his intentions for her. Um, and as Julia put it in the in the picture, Julia, where could anyone purchase this beautiful book of yours? The um, thank you, Quentin. This beautiful book of mine can be purchased on Amazon. It's Crown Rules: One Woman's Journey to the Throne. It's the second edition. Or if you'd like a signed copy, you can direct message me on Facebook. Um, Quentin, I just want to read that point on the intimacy meter, if I can. Mm -hmm. So I give um, five descriptions of the male key principles. I know two grumpy men had a question. I want to make sure we answer that question for him. But on the intimacy meter, it says, what are the core characteristics that formulate and differentiate his views on a woman that is a sex partner, a soul, a soulmate or a spouse? Mm. Does his actions towards you support the view he says he holds of you? If a man wants you to be his wife, he's going to treat you a certain way. Um, is he affectionate? Is he caring? Is he warm? Is he sensitive? Does he does the way that he approaches demonstrating love and intimacy align to what you need? Um, does his does his approach to intimacy include any deal breakers for you? Like everybody says they want to threesome these days. I don't understand what that's about, but is that a deal breaker for you? Um, and then, you know, a really important question is, does he believe that his penis is the main source of his identity, his power and his authority? Mm. Or. Does he does he own he view his penis as a part of his manhood? Like, does he also value his intelligence and his vision and his purpose and his goals for his life? Like, understand where he's coming from. And then wherever he says he's coming from, you have to look for proof of that in his actions. Yeah, I think I think that if 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 a person, if any female was to buy your book, purchase your book, and we hope that females was to purchase your book and buy your book um, and read it and understand and go through the lessons. And then when they get to the standards part, they look at those five, they look at those five keys for men uh, principles that they should use. 
and and don't try to um we have a tendency sometimes when we read stuff to like I said, look at it in third person instead of looking at it for self. First person. Mm-hmm. You look at it and be like, okay, these are the five keys for him. For uh, let's just say uh, JoJo. For JoJo, all right, I need to look at his intimacy meter, like, and, and really get an assessment of what what he's about, and do his actions line up with what he's saying. And the same thing for women, you know, the 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 fallacy is that every woman wants to be in a relationship, a committed relationship. And that's not honest. That's not true for all women. And so I also encourage women to consider the same for themselves. Like, are you just looking for sexual relationship? Are you looking for companionship or are you looking for a spouse and be honest with yourself? And then outside of that. If you're dealing with somebody, where do they fall in that category? Because it makes part of the reason why we have so much anger and hurt is because you'll have women who will only be interested in someone as a sexual partner and act like it's more than that because they want to keep whatever benefits they're getting out of that, not just sexual. And then... Next thing you know, she she was dealing with Todd and now she's dealing with Rod. And it's like, well, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> so the question, so the question that two grumpy men had was, what about when the man answers your questions and does the actions during the early stages, but the woman was doubtful? Then by the time you believe that a man is ready to bounce. Interesting. I I, I do, I do. I know he's saying doubtful, but I do believe that a lot of times that because of um, experiences that a lot of us face, that we do do self-sabotage and stuff, we put, oh, if he ain't ready by such and such date, that's our expectation. That's not their expectation. Or if... if and we don't you, even tell them the date. Yeah, we don't even tell them the date. We, we got in our head after a year. Well, we've been dating for we've been dating for two years. He ain't ready. To, you know how they say, "Girl, if he ain't popped that question yet, he ain't gonna never pop it." Well, maybe he's trying to get his affairs in order. Maybe he feels as though that he can't. I'm just giving the excuse, but maybe he feels as though he can't give you the life that he thinks that you deserve before he pops the question. Not knowing, you know, and, and and Julia, me and you always have this conversation, not knowing that um that woman that you you particularly may be with might be your rider. She might be like, look, look, we gonna stay in this one bedroom joint. We gonna we gonna knuckle up, and then we gonna buy a house together. It's just a communication thing, and it's it's interesting that, you know, we, we know how to accustomed to being disappointed too. So. So they they're on the lookout for that. They're they're really on the lookout for that, and that, and that leads to self sabotage. And you know, to two grumpy men's question, like that's why I focus in in this in this um, chapter on looking at the actions. Once a man tells you, so if you ask a man a question and he gives you the answer, a woman needs to be evaluating if she's seeing that. If she's seeing that demonstrated in her in his actions and she can't, you know, make up fantasies about what she's seeing. She has to be realistic about that and be comfortable in having conversation if she's seeing any differences. 
So you got so so in the book, I I I thought it was kind of cute. You know, you got your sidebars going on. <laughs> Love a good the old first, sidebar. First, your first sidebar I thought was funny was, and this is interesting, and know that this quote is copyrighted, y'all. <laughs> you cannot change you cannot change someone's mind with your money, your underwear, or your cooking. Stop that. Stop it. <laughs> the more you give, the less they want. What do you mean the more you give, the less they want? That's an interesting quote there. I think, and you can you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, or men in the chat can correct me on this on this if I'm wrong. But what I've observed is that men want to be able to give, and part of men men want want women that they're in relationship with to be happy. They want to be able to give, and. The giving makes the man feel feels feel good, and it makes him feel good to see that his woman is happy with his giving. A lot of times, women don't allow men the opportunity to give. Mm. And then, in addition to that, we give so much that because we haven't given him the opportunity, he kind of falls back because it seems like, why are you giving so much, and I haven't given you as much? What's your what's your? I I, I kind of agree with that. That's, that's that's an interesting perspective. I mean, I do think that um, it's it, nature creates a certain role for us, and I do think that the, the the man does want to do. I do generally think that even we talk about this in the group, and we talk about Dutch, and and anybody that knows me know that I, when I first heard of Dutch dating, I thought it was weird, because um my grandfather. Um, if he ever heard that I was doing Dutch dating, he would have laughed at me. But anyway, anyway, right? I do think that nature creates something within a man or a man wants to do all this stuff. A man don't want to do 50-50. Now, he may be in a situation where he's doing 50-50 with, with his, his partner, but he doesn't want to. I don't think no man, I don't, I, I, and, I'm, and I know that I can be naive, I don't think no man doesn't want to pay all the bills. I really believe men, a man's man, wants to do everything he could possibly do. Now, he may fall short and may not want or, or be capable of doing it, but far as want to. I... But, Quentin, let me ask you this, just for, like, for clarity. Some things that I've seen. I've seen men get flowers, have the beautiful date, do all the romancing, and that leads to intimacy. And he feels good about that because he was able to create that environment. Yeah. But then there are situations where he might be coming by to just spend time with the lady and she opens up the door with lingerie on. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see that that goes back to what you described last week with the love language. Mm. You got once you get to know that person, you got to know what makes them tick in in any aspect. But you I got mean, if you're always giving and not giving a, your partner an opportunity to give back to you as well, well that just well, doesn't. Well, for, some, for some, for some men, I do believe that it will become like uh, an attack on their pride 
or attack on how they feel because like you you want you you may have like I'm giving you an example. You could be a guy that just was taught a lot of chivalry, right? Um you 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 go shopping, you get all the bags, you make sure you get all the bags. She goes to the house, you get all the bags. She could be a female that is so used to being single, she's not used to nobody grabbing her bags. Now, this could create a situation where you're doing what you have to do to get the bags. And then she could be like, I got my own bags. Now, this would create what he like, F it then. I grab nothing. And you see this because this is what you speak about that this is because of the way that uh, people are sometimes, you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to just shut down. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to just fall back. And and that's and that's where the breakdown happens, and it doesn't have to happen. If you know what you described in that scenario for the man is the the love language is acts of service, so he feels valued and and he feels cherished when he's able to do something, you know, for his partner. And so it doesn't have to be that he shuts down. Let her take the bags. Let let her bring them in the house. When you get inside the house and you have a quiet moment, that's when you say, you know what, baby, I know this. Every time we go out, we go shopping, you get the bags. The way that I was brought up, this is what a man does. Can I get the bags for you next time? That will make me feel good. Just have the conversation. But people just decide to be offended. <laughs> it's war. It's war without dialogue. And this, and, this, and this goes back to why I'm glad you noticed this about me, uh, Miss Dozier. Yeah. The, gen the gender war bothers me to a core because how are you going to say that you hate and you're so bitter towards a woman that you act a certain way or vice versa? And we need each other to survive, regardless of your sexual preference. You need men need women and women need men. Um, then if you're a heterosexual people, you definitely need each other. So. So it's like I, I always find it weird because it's really never the conversation. It's always war. It's always, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a sit back and put up my shield. You put up your shield. Let's get the swords out and let's just go. Sometimes it's good. It's sometimes it's good to have the fight and the disagreement, but that doesn't have to be the end of the situation wait until there's a quiet time a quiet space to just sit and make sure you have that eye contact and talk about what happened how it made you feel how important that person is to you and that you don't want that particular issue to be in between each other how can you how can you resolve it going forward one of the things i really like to do is to get praise and acknowledgement to get praise and acknowledge you know i really like when you did such and such you know have those conversations we're human beings, you know, and if everybody wasn't so focused on got to be in a relationship, it would be much easier for us, I think. I think I think the focus should be um the relationship with self. I think that I think that a lot of us and I know that one of one of my um on my journey, I'll sort of say, is that you be so caught up with so much other things that you don't even know who you are. What makes you tick? What what you like to do, and then and then when you when you have that relationship with yourself, I mean, and you 
put your shield around yourself, people would be like, you happy? Am I happy? I'm real happy. <laughs> like, and, and, and that's what it's about because a lot of times you'll be caught up with, so caught up with your mate or so, or so caught up with the person that you want to be your mate that you'll be like, you'll lose yourself. And this is what happens. This is what happens. And, and in many cases, the breakup breaks become the breakdown. Because Not only that, whatever the whatever the cause for the breakdown or the breakup was, like people tend people don't take a moment. And there's a there's a a, a work a worksheet in in this chapter. People don't take a moment to evaluate what happened. What happened with that breakdown? What happened with that breakup? Take a take a moment to look at it, to understand, and then to kind of try to see the other per person's perspective, but really be clear on what it was that you wanted that you did not get. Because that's, you know, that's a majority of the breakups. People want, people want things that they don't get. And most times people want different things. So this not only helps you to be clear on what you want, how to ask somebody else what they're looking for, but also to evaluate what was the cause for the, the prior breakup or the prior breakdown so that you could get clear on it, that, that there was something that you needed that you didn't get. I see a question from Facebook. It's more as a statement. They said how you're raised and how your mental health plays a big part. I, I How you're raised, I don't, I don't know. Why not? Raised, I mean, because... Everybody is not a product of the environment. This is true. Some people, some people use their environment as a way of feel to be opposite of what they were around, how they were raised. I know that it's a statement that I hear a lot of um, women make when men are acting a certain way. They say they got mommy issues. Or if a man sees a woman act a certain way, they'll say she got daddy issues. First of all, I think that's one of the most disrespectful things you could say about somebody. If a person has issues, they got issues, and it has nothing to do with their mother or their father. Um, and that's something Sometimes that Sometimes it does. <laughs> but, but, that, but that should not be something that you should you say to say. somebody to attack mm -hmm. attack them is to attack attack their mother, be like, oh, they got mommy issues. I mean, a lot of people, um, who have a lot of men that I know who have strong relationships with their mothers, that has nothing to do with how they deal with their relationship. Relationship love. Is I know different. a lot of, I know a lot of people say, well, if he treat his mother good, that means he treat his woman good. That's the most dumbest thing I ever heard in my life because that has nothing. You're not his mother. <laughs> not his mother at all. But I mean, how you people, people do learn how to love through how they're raised and they do learn how to communicate through how they're raised. But to your point, Quentin, if how you, how you learned how to love or how you learned how to communicate in your household or throughout your upbringing is not allowing you to receive or to give what you want, then you do have to add some, some different skills to your toolbox. Well, well, according to America's statistics, because divorce rate is so high, I guess a lot of us learned how to love from all my children and stuff. Uh, I saw a picture of, was it Angie and Jesse on Instagram the other day? I was like, uh, uh. No, I'm being honest because a lot of us, um, 
and we and me and you discussed this the last couple of weeks. A lot of us got this fantasy in our head. Yes, and, and that's what we're working of, off of. Yeah, instead of just living, living, you ain't got to be watching um the Notebook and and stuff like that. And I'm just saying naming good movies because I know a lot of people watch movies. And your life ain't the Notebook. <laughs> Did they travel too? Love is a contact sport. Love is a contact sport. You got to do it. You got to put the work dirty. in. Like, I mean, you're going to be going to Cold Stone. Like, like, File on the play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and I think that that's one of the biggest things, Julia, in, in discussing even Crown Rules 2 and, and now discussing this book is, the, is really understanding that a lot of us We don't want to go through the journey. You it's so rewarding though. We just want our prize. Immediate like, gratification. Our prize. Mike microwave life. Set it and forget it's, it. It's, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I was I was I was sharing something with Dwayne this week about that. I said, yo, are we rushing life a little bit? And he was like, yeah, you know, I think, thought I thought I was thinking the same thing. And that happens is that we be so caught up in planning, 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 planning. Okay, I'm going to do this in 90 days. I'm going to do this in 180 days. What about today? Thanks what about living, to, living, living today to earn tomorrow? What about that? Mm. And, and that's where a lot of times we, we, don't, we don't do. And definitely back to on subject matter is the relationship and understanding like yo you know i met this amazing human being and yeah you might want to jump on them every second of the day but get to know who that person is first get to know who they they are and you know this this section in, in the book i know it seems like i'm talking about relationships all the time but that's what our lives are comprised of and you know this section of the book is important because we are talking about getting reaching an ultimate goal which is our throne and i believe that we have to heal and remedy any um, challenges or issues that we've had with relationships in the past the book allows you to do that in a very safe space and at your own time at your own pace but then also think about or be able to think about what it is that you want for yourself moving forward if you decide that you want a relationship and how to choose a relationship for yourself and not and not continue to fall into a relationship because your your two heads or your six heads have been stimulated like really thinking about who is this person what are they interested in what are their values what are their ethics what are their morals what's important to them do those align with what's important to me and do we have that mutual attraction for each other do we have that mutual commitment for each other and and just making sure to to make that choice the best choice possible doesn't even mean that if you make the best choice possible that that's going to last forever doesn't matter but make the choices that don't distract you from doing everything else that you need to do. Because one of the things that people don't admit is that breakups are hard. Physically, emotionally, mentally, they're hard. And it takes a lot of time and effort to recover. And a lot of people don't recover at 100%. It takes a lot of time to recover. 
And that time that you're using to recover is taking away time from you enjoying life. Mm. Well, with that, what do you what do you have in store for us next week? Uh, like I said, next week, next week's show would be on Wednesday because we're doing a, a football show on Thursday, a draft show. That show is going to be interesting. Myself, uh, Dwayne, my brothers from 4G Sports, and my brothers, my brothers from <laughs> uh, the recruit, the recruiters. I, I forgot, I forgot the name of their, their thing. My guy Anthony and uh, hopefully Deshaun joins us for that as well. So it'd be an interesting thing. We get to talk about football, and you'll see us in our team spirit and, and all that. But what do you have in store for us for Crown Rules for next week? So before I share what um, I have in store for, I can't wait to tune in on Thursday. But before I have um, what we'll have for next week, I just want to say that this part of the book, the first five chapters, is really about the. It's titled Creation. So it really looks at the things that um, make up your foundation. Um, and so if you have the book, once you finish this chapter on your standards, you get to review all of the jewels that you've created from chapters one through five. Next week, we're going to evolution, which is really talking about your purpose, your life, your instinct, your balance. So next week we'll be talking about your purpose. Well, so let me ask you a question. In a, is so how many how many uh, jewels is in the crown? You always jewels? ask me that. <laughs> yeah. You have thirteen jewels in your crown. How many chapters of this book? Eighteen. No, sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Just checking. Okay. <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um we look forward to having our show next Wednesday. Um for those for everybody in the chat, um, you know, every every Thursday we have a we, we get to have these discussions and, and I'm telling you guys, if you guys see me and Julie behind the scenes and what we the conversations we have, it'd be real interesting because we don't always agree. So you have to sometimes listen to another person's perspective on relationships, uh, how they view things. And it's a very interesting thing that we, for two people that, that, um, that are trying to get through this book together. So those of us, the collective who are doing the virtual book, I guess book group club we're having, you know, nobody's opinion and nobody's thoughts are wrong. Uh, know that know that how you view and how you value what you're going through is your assessment and, and yeah it's a personal thing so with that um i appreciate you guys i i don't say it enough but i appreciate you guys in the chat you guys really really allow less talk to continue to grow and i i want to thank you um a lot for uh you know giving us your viewership spending time with us and that means a lot because at the end of the day, you've given me a piece of your life. Um, so I appreciate you guys. Any final statements or thoughts, Julia? Yes, I want to give a very warm and loving shout out to C Grooms. We had some conversation in the group chat this week um, and we were talking about submission. <laughs> but um, 
I raised them that we would be having tonight's show and that the book was available and he purchased the book and he obviously read it and and, and showed up tonight for the show. So I'm very grateful to you, C. Grooms, and I appreciate you as well. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, author C. Grooms is one half of Two Grumpy Men podcast. They have a podcast. Uh, if you're checking for podcast, he's one half of the podcast of Two Grumpy Men. So check them out. Check him out. Also, he sells ebooks, real good books on, you know, um, excellent books. The, the, the culture. So check him out when you get a chance. He uh, had to slide over to watch our brothers at Urban X do their show. And um, he's a, he's a, he's a, what they call it, a moderator in their show, uh, The Father and Son Show. Uh, Black Dot and Malcolm. So very interesting show. Very good. I watch their show a lot. Big supporter of their show. So with that, you know, you guys in the chat, have a blessed week. Stay up. Stay right. Thanks for joining the show tonight. So often we are referred to as queen. But have you ever stopped to admire the beauty of your crown?